it's also interesting that um, the Dursleys have raised Harry since he was a baby, just like Dudley, but they have so, they hate him still, even though they know that it's not Harry's fault at all about where, about his parents or anything, and they treat Dudley so well and Harry so terribly, even though they raised both of them pretty yeah. much at the same time. I think that they're kind of hating Harry, maybe not out of Harry's personality, but just because of his parents or because they hate the wizardry world. And all they really care about is spoiling their son and making everything perfectly normal. And Harry is kind of like taking away the, you know, the normalness of their family. And they hate that. And they hate the wizarding world. And they just want everything to kind of be perfect in their lives and plain. Yeah, they don't really care that Harry has nothing to do with it yet and that he's not to blame for anything that's happened to him. All they care about is that he is the son of Virginia's sister and who is a witch and they are so ashamed of that and they can't get past the fact that Harry is just a 12 year old, 11 year old boy who has never had any experience with anything that they disapprove of. Yeah, they're making Harry like sleep in a cupboard under the stairs and they make him cook for Dudley and they're basically just turning him into kind of house servant and really barely like giving Harry anything just because of his parents, just because they hated being around him. And that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I think it's really crazy how, like, they, they don't even give him, like, his own room. Like, they don't even give him any, like, possessions that he can hold on to, really. All he has is, like, a little cupboard that he has to sleep in. Like, they don't even, he doesn't have, he doesn't even have, like, his own room or anything that's, um, that he can go to for sanctuary. Yes, and I also kind of saw how, like, they don't trust Harry as well, and they don't want to leave him at the house alone, and they won't leave him in the car alone, because they think he's going to do something bad, and it's just because they know that he came from a wizarding family, and they're almost, like, frightened of him, and they're just, they're, he's almost like a prisoner in his home. Yeah, because, I'm really sure that Harry can't be trusted with any simple responsibilities, and even leaving, leaving him home alone is, like, out of the question for them because they're sure that he's going to do something, yeah, bad. Okay, so, the, we're talking about Harry Potter, Chapter 2, The Finishing Class, and I really like the idea of they jumped 10 years ahead and they only really kept the important parts in. That was really neat of them. Because not everybody really does that. They try to drag it on because they don't know what to do next. Yeah, she only adds, like, the only most important parts and doesn't add all the different details that we don't really care about to the story. So I think that's really cool of the writing style. Yes, so what I thought was funny is even after 10 years, their parent, Ice, his aunt and uncle, um, Petunia and Uncle Vernon, seem to still be kind of exactly the same. They're both strict, and they're spoiling Dudley while trying to make Harry's life as miserable as possible. Yeah, it goes into a lot of detail about how Dudley has everything he could ever want and more, and they starve um, Harry of, like, affection and everything that he needs, and just things that he can live off of, like, the little amounts of food that they give him, and that he's fine with only the basic essentials, while they spoil Dudley. 
Dilly. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised nobody has called child services on this family yet. But, um, so, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, they, they wouldn't treat somebody, they wouldn't treat a child, a living being, great at all just because of one thing about him. One thing about his bloodline that he doesn't even know about. That kind of seems unfair and really terrible thing to do. I also really like how she kind of hints after his magical abilities before they even talk about how he's a wizard. He just she talks about how like strange things happen to him without him even realizing that it's because of him, and how the Dursleys don't appreciate it and like punish him severely whenever something like that happens. I also noticed how. Um, the Dursleys have been lying to Harriet about um, how his parents died and how he got the scar, and he's really just kind of been living his life, like, thinking that um, the reason he went to the Dursleys is, you know, some crazy thing that never happened, which is the the car crash. And I think it amazes me how, like, Harry and Dursley are complete opposite. I know Harry and Dudley are complete opposites. Dudley's kind of fat and spoiled, and he gets whatever he wants. And Harry's skinny, he's, he's really tiny and scrawny, he's always getting beat up, and he's not spoiled, he doesn't get what he wants, and he's kind of used to that, and I think that's made him kind of a, and he's like a good a good person, because he's not always, he, uh, he doesn't get really upset when he doesn't get what he wants, and he's a much better person than Dudley is. Yeah, I think that um, J.K. Rowling does a good job of showing that in the, only a few sentences and paragraphs about how Dudley is just so super spoiled and is totally such a brat about it and is so mean to Harry. And um, it shows Harry's perspective on how his life is and how much he hates it, but he just endures it anyway because he knows that he doesn't have any other family members. And it shows like really quickly how the Dursley family is set up and how his place in it. Yeah, I also see that Harry is so thankful for every little thing he gets. He found it really amazing and really lucky of him just to go out of the house, just to leave the house, just to go to a zoo. And he found it even more lucky to get a treat. Like, in society today, you if you when you were younger, you'd probably get more treats. Like, if you went to the zoo or you just had, like, a concert or something, your parents, at least my parents did this, they would get ice cream either the next day or that night, but for that to happen to Harry, he was really surprised, and he felt so lucky about it, and he was feeling so great about it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of, it was um, kind of sad, actually, that Harry thought he was going to the zoo, and he thought it was going to be a great morning for him, even though, you know, his aunt and uncle hated him, and Dursley was constantly being a jerk to him, and... His brother was getting, I guess his cousin was getting spoiled all morning, and Harry thought that it was, you know, a great day for him. So it just shows how he had been treated pretty poorly. I also noticed the part when Harry talks about how he had a dream about flying motorcycles, and he mentions it to his Uncle Vernon, and his uncle screams at him. And... I think that shows how uh, his aunt and uncle are really scared of Harry finding out the truth about him, and that his family is, uh, like, we're wizards, and 
I think uh, he's just been living, you know, his life is a lie, and his, I think his aunt and uncle are paranoid of having to think about um, wizardry or anything like that, and they just, they really want to live a normal life. And I think it's really interesting how she puts in a bunch of hints and stuff about that, like how he talks about um, the strange things that happened to him, and when he mentions something that's a little abnormal, how his aunt and uncle snap at him really quickly and punish him for it, when even just having a dream about a flying motorcycle isn't even that strange of a thing to happen. But since he's a wizard, they don't want anything abnormal to ever come into his mind at all. So it's really um, interesting to see how she drops those hints, and you can, reading through it the second time, you can really see and pick up on where she's going with it. Yeah. I also kind of enjoy um, how J.K. Rowling made the character Dudley, because he expects to get every little thing that he wants, and I thought it was interesting how he fake cried, and his parents don't realize it, but Harry knows it, and uh, there's one point, like, when he's crying, and then he, like, he, sn he sneaks a smile at Harry while he's fake crying, and it just shows how Dudley is really spoiled, he's, he's very, very spoiled, and, like, when he doesn't get, um, all the presents he wanted, he had, he had one more present than he had the year before, and he gets really worked up over that. I think it's really interesting, too, because, um, later, Harry talks about how he doesn't get anything for his birthday, usually, or if it is, it's something really cheap and something that didn't cost him any effort or money, and it's kind of interesting to think about if Dudley was in Harry's shoes and the opposite, like, how Dudley would be so super shocked if his parents didn't give him any presents at all, and um, how s different their lives are, even though they're living in the same house and under the same family. And I think it's almost kind of crazy how like, humble Harry is, because he's not always asking for things, and he's, he just appreciates like small things. And I think it'd be better for like just everybody in our society to kind of be more like Carrie, because a lot of people are spoiled, and if they don't get what they want, or they get something that's not good enough for them, they might get upset instead of appreciating that they got it. Yeah, Harry is very, um, he just accepts that his life is that way, and he's not bitter um, about how everything is unfair to him, because he could have been, he had the perfect right to be angry all the time, and to try to take it out on everybody, but he doesn't, and he just is accepting of that's where he is in his life, and he just ex appreciates the little things instead of being angry all the time about the things he doesn't get. Um, I also kind of noticed how it was, J.K. Rowling was hinting that, um, or it was giving Harry hints that he's famous, because it talked about multiple times when random people in colored robes just went up and they might have bowed to Harry or shaken his hand or something like that and it's kind of hinting, giving Harry hints that he's not who he thinks he is and something is up with him and especially with all the other crazy things that have happened on, in the past like how he got on top of the school building or how his hair magically grows back when, um, he, when Opportunia cut it really short. I think it's also interesting because Harry doesn't realize that he's magical and he keeps trying to 
um, like rationalize why these things are happening to him, like the wind or other things like that. But when the snake starts talking to him, he doesn't know how that can be anything other than that the snake is talking to him. So he's kind of confused. And I think it's really interesting how J.K. Rowling shows that Harry like doesn't really believe that he's anything special until it's like right in front of him and he can't really explain it away by anything else. Yeah, and it's kind of all the magical things, especially with the snake, it's hinting that, uh, I think it's kind of foreshadowing that something magical is going to happen to Harry or something is will will happen to him, which will kind of open him up into the wizard wizardry world. And maybe it's because, I mean, his, maybe it's because his uh, aunt and uncle will kick him out, or something, uh, I think that something will happen now, because I think the part with the snake has kind of gone too far with Opportunia and Uncle Vernon. I think they've had enough with Harry. I think it's really interesting, too, that um, at the end it talks about how Harry, at school Harry has no one, like, no friends or anything, because Dudley's gang is so mean to Harry, and nobody wants to be on Dudley's bad side, and that compared to the fame that he has in the wizardry world is really crazy about how in the muggle world he has no friends, nothing to hold on to, and in the wizarding world he's like the most famous wizard of all time, even though he doesn't know it yet. It's kind of ironic. Um, I think it's also really cool how um, Harry has nothing right now, and Dudley has everything he wants, but by the end of the book, Harry has something that Dudley can never obtain, even if he wanted it really bad, and Harry has this like, power that Dudley can never have, and so it's like the um, trade-off of Dudley having every muggle thing he could ever want, and Harry having this wonderful magical power. Yeah, I definitely... I can definitely, definitely agree with that. So in the beginning of the book, nobody wants to mess with Dudley or his gang. But just by, by the end, um, the gang will probably be afraid to mess with Harry if they find out what Harry can do. Yeah, Harry could very easily like threaten Dudley with his powers or anything to keep him away, to finally defend himself against Dudley's gang, which they said treats him like a punching bag and don't really care about his feelings or anything. They could really easily, he could easily uh, threaten him with his wand or anything else that he can use outside of school. <laughs>